Hello and welcome to the 6810 podcast. We're back again. Every time I say this, we end up disappearing for a few months. Nothing short of just being busy with life. We're hoping to get one out in every couple of weeks, so hopefully we keep you on your toes and get you listening again. In episode 5, season 2, we've got none other than Andy McLaren. Andy's been a massive favourite of mine since I was a young kid. What a football player. I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times at a few work things and, and out with, um, and he's a top man, but to sit down and actually speak football with him, what a guy. Um, we chat all things life, all things football, and all things music, um, especially Jerry Cinnamon. I love a bit of Jerry Cinnamon. Um, we talk about Andy's career, how football began for him uh, up in the streets of Castmilk. We touch on Dundee United, Redden. That drugs test at Reading. Um, we speak about Kilmarnock and getting back in the game. Mental health and life and in football. So this episode was recorded a long time ago. Apologies it took so long to get it easy and all that. Um, we touch on the Scotland World Cup stuff. Obviously the women have been there and done it proud recently. So well done to them. Um, we'll come back stronger. But sit back, enjoy, get the shades on, headphones in. Nice wee pina colada, beer or a Coke Zero in the back garden. Bye now. I'm good, Craig. Uh, thanks for having me. For a wee, good, mate. Nice I had a wee, no, I had a wee holiday a couple of weeks ago. Me and the missus, we, we nipped away for a wee week, so um, just a bit to kind of recharge your batteries. And for your love of the game, where did it all start for you? Just as a kid growing up. Um, for as young as I can remember, I just loved football. I always had a ball about me. Um, so I've always said it's, it was kind of my first love. Um, I don't know. Well, my dad was a my dad was a good football player, so I probably took it for that. Um, and he always encouraged me. Me and my brother, he, he just get, as I say, growing up, we didn't have much. So uh, football was a was the one thing that uh, the one constant in my life. School, no really for you. Was I was. Listen, school was fine. I was primary. I went to St Dominic's in Castle, and and I was all right in school. Um, got to about second, third year, and and the football was getting was obviously. Um, Getting more professional, I'd been picked for Scotland and stuff, so um, school kind of took a back seat for then. But as I say, I wasn't, I was never bad at school or that, you know. I just, by, by the time I got into third year, I'd kind of I'd kind of lost interest, you know, because to be a professional football player, you need you need to get 100%, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I'd done. I concentrated more on that, and as a result, school probably suffered a wee bit. I was in school, but I always wanted to play football. Yeah. It's refreshing hearing you saying that. In previous interviews, you went out and you seen stuff on the telly. You yeah. went and practiced it. Yeah. Out for hours, and you were doing things, and it's like I, I grew up just across the road. Yeah. Went to Hamden, so it was um, like a big question up front. Uh-huh. That was your Hamden. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was like a slow. It was yeah. like that, but that, that was the world. Cause that was. And that's, that's the way it was. No, I mean, I think kids nowadays they think they go on train a couple of hours a week, and there's going to become, you know, that, that was a small party, but uh, what I'd done it become a and that's what he says, he says he learned more playing in the streets uh, than he did an actual training, you know, so I mean boys will maybe go and train for an hour and a half, maybe on a Tuesday and a Thursday and, and that's all the football they get, I mean that was that was just a, a small percentage of the football I played, you know, most of my football was played as I say just on the park with my pals or even my brother or sometimes myself just kicking the ball against the wall and, and stuff like that and, and that was how I learned the game, I played Big sides were, were a big thing in, in Castle growing up. Maybe 20, 30 a side, but, but I'd be maybe be 12 year old playing against guys at 30 and 40, you know. Yeah. So you, you had to learn quicker. You, know, yeah. you learned the game that way. You learned the game by, by watching other people and, and seeing what they'd done and, and picking up wee tips. And that's what I've, that's what I've done all, all throughout my career. Absolutely. Who was your hero growing up? Who did you look to? Well, Kenny Douglas was the obvious one, wasn't it? Um, I mean, I was lucky. We, we grew up there. We grew up in a, a stage where Scottish players were, were top players, uh, uh, playing with the top clubs, you know, you'd Dalgleish and Souness and I, I mean every English club had two or three Scottish guys mm-hmm. um, and, and then uh, Paul McStay was a big hero of mine as well, um, I, love, I love watching Paul McStay. Uh, I watched Clyde as a, as a kid, I used to go and watch Clyde, 10, 11, 12 year old, 
Um, my dad was pally with a goalkeeper, uh, Derek Atkins, and he got his season book. So I'd go and watch Clyde. Um, but then the football, the football took care. I loved Maradona as well, obviously. He grew up in a certain era. You've got right, the, the kind of players, you know. But as I say, I grew up, Scottish players were, were playing in it was a European Cup then, but there was always Scottish players in the European Cup final. Scotland were qualifying for World Cups. I mean, my, like, some of my earliest memories of Spain 82. That's when I was really getting into the football. And, um, I remember watching Scotland against Brazil and then seeing big Dave Neri scoring and then getting to share a dressing room with, with big Dave Neri eight, nine years later was, was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, this was a guy I'd, I'd watched and watched playing in World Cups and then as I say, eight, nine years later, I was sharing a dressing room with a big man, so that was a, that was a big buzz for me as well. That's cool, man. I, I'm, yeah. I'm a football football geek. Yeah. So am I. I just love football, and like I've seen, I was actually, I said to a couple of pals, got to talk yeah. to Andy, and they're like, I remember they used to do, when we were younger, we used to get sticker books. Uh-huh. Can anyone? And you only got two players from each team to pick. Uh-huh. And I would always pick you selfishly because you grew up. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd pick me, Charlie, uh-huh. Charlie Miller. Yeah. Charlie quite well. Yeah. So he it would always be Ray too. And like, would you keep picking him for them? Like, they're local boys. Yeah. Good for me, we always had guys that you could aspire to be yeah. growing up in Cashmore. You know, I remember Bernie Slavin. Um, Bernie was playing with Albion Rovers at the time, but he used to come into our primary school team. Mm-hmm. and. There's no coaching, we used to just play wee games in the gym. We'd be three aside, two aside, with the benches down and playing one, twos after one and stuff. And, um, so that was guys I could aspire to. I remember we drew McBride as well, he was doing it man new. He was about two, three year older than me as well. Um, so they were guys I was seeing. So it, it was showing me that it wasn't unrealistic, you know, that, that I could achieve that if I, if I kept, if I worked hard. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I did, I mean, people. Here's certain interviews with me, and I think I, I was just laughing and joking all the time. But I don't think you can get the level I go to with just pissing about all the time, you know. Something you keep saying, although I like what you say about the sometimes you can overcoach people. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe in that as well. Yeah. I mean, I coach Glasgow City uh, ladies, but it's the development. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the kids are 15 and 16, but see, they're, they're touching, they're controlling the ball and dribbling, and you kind of take that away from them. It's basics as well, you know. Yeah. I mean, f- f- Sometimes you're trying to coach kids and there's no get the basics, you know, left foot, right foot, things like that. Yeah, but things I just had to, you can't coach that and it's something you've got to go and put yours in, you know. I, I get better my left foot by, by going and, and practicing and kicking the ball against the wall, you know. You can put in sessions that will develop that, but at the end of the day, it's got to come for the player putting in the hours, you know. I, I mean, I can, we used to play Y for hours um, and you realise kick the ball certain ways, it'd spin back a certain way. I mean, I watch games in own. I watch the ball landing and I know exactly where it's going to yeah. go. That's no cause I'm any sort of genius. <laughs> it's because of the thousands of hours mm-hmm. I, I, I put in, you know. You can watch, you see the ball spinning and you know exactly what way it's going to, what way it's going to react, you know. And that comes from just putting in thousands and thousands of hours of practice. Definitely. We used to do that with my granny, but a big boy at the back. Yeah. Driving neighbours mental, didn't it? You know, they'd always get neighbours. You'd always get neighbours out complaining. But listen, Mister, we're, we're fine, you know. But you had a good friend, you were in trouble. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, so we used to do that. We used to do it off the cupboard as well. Yeah, I like, like, no, back. definitely. I mean, things like that. I mean, it shows you. It, it gets you tuned into uh, because the ball moves in different ways. You know, it's kicking the ball outside, inside of your foot. You know, and how it reacts and and, and things like that. Um, I think people think if you just put down cones and get kids running around that, they're going to learn the game. And there's a lot more to it than that. Definitely. How did Dundee United come about? Um, I was playing with, I think I was playing with Clyde Boys Club at the time. I played with a team in Cashmore. And I remember that time, all the Easter Craze and Seattle Boys Club and all that, they all wanted me to sign with them. But I was quite happy playing with my pals, you know. And, um, we had a decent team. Uh, we'd go to, Used to go to Port and Springburn and other places like that. You'd always get a good game because it was always every scheme had a decent team, you know. They'd always had a good few players, boys that could play the game. Um, and did the United seen me, seen me playing there? It was, as I said, there was about three or four different teams in so I was meant to sign me Hearts as well. Uh, Hearts wanted to sign me. Uh, there was talking me going to Rangers as well, but. Um, Going to school, I went. Uh, <laughs> wasn't a good, wasn't a good idea. But um, 
No, about three years later, I regretted that because I, a, a lot of the boys I played with that, um, who signed with Rangers, they end up on the bench for Champions League games and we're going to 30 grand win bonuses and all that for, for qualifying. But no, listen, I, as I say, I signed with Indian United. I, I'd watched their youth policy, you know, and mm-hmm. it was renowned then. Um, Jim McLean would give, give young people a chance, you know. Um, there was always this, this myth about Celtic and Rangers no playing young boys. I, I believe wherever you go, if you were good enough, you'd get playing. You know, I, I honestly believe that, you know. Um, but I, as I say, I chose to go to the United. I think I was about 13, I signed this form. Um, and that was me kind of on my way. Yeah, was a wide player or a fat player? They signed me as a midfielder. I was a midfielder, but the school when I was at school, I used to play. I used to say play sweeper at, um, when I was at primary school. Uh, I think that's a kind of Dutch thing, isn't it? Uh, they put the, the better players at the back. And, um, so I played sweeper. I played midfield, and then I went to the United as a, a centre forward. I, I played up front. Um, scored a lot of. I played with Hamilton Thistle, my youth team, and. Um, I scored a lot of goals, but then I went there and Paul Sturrock was, was my coach for the youth team and um, he started playing me out wide and I thought, I enjoyed playing anywhere, but I enjoyed playing wide because I could go and take men on and that, 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 was a, you know, that was what I liked then, you know, I liked. I always played with a smile on this piece as well. Sometimes, uh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it was a sneer. No, I that's did, uh, listen, and, as I say, that's, that's what I'd wanted to be if you're a young kid, you know what I mean? So, I can achieve my dream and I, listen, I love playing football, you know, I loved, I loved the big occasion, I love going to Parkhead and I love going to Ibrox and as I say, that, as a kid, that's what, that's what I'd practice for. Um, some boys get really nervous going to them, but I want to go and show people what I could do, you know, um, and, and that's, that's what I try to do, I try to always play with a smile on my face and, I mean, people are paying good money to come and watch you, you want to give them a wee something to... To, to, to the enjoy and get away with it. What about the, the Scottish Cup? You know, I read a wee bit in your book saying that you used to go down to Hamden when you were younger as yeah. well. Um, the, the Scottish Cup final came about and it was kind of, I'd be talking a wee size interview and it was a nice year kind of. No, well, listen, it was, it was something that, that I relished, you know, mm. as I said, as a kid growing up in Casper, we did, we'd go down at, at Hamden in the summer. Um, and the gates would be open and stuff. I walked by it there and then. They're tidying up for the concert. That would have been an opportunity for us. We did, we did, not tanning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember going down there one day and we were in there for about an hour playing on the pitch and everything. And then nobody came near us. Walking up the stairs and as I say, maybe 10, 11 year old, and walked up there and kid on, we're picking up the Scottish Cup. Um, and then obviously to, to get there, to to get to to playing that, as I say, the Scottish Cup was always it was always a massive day, wasn't it? Um, uh, it was a big build up and stuff. This uh, guy and that have kind of killed that a bit now, haven't they? You know, half an hour before it, and uh, you know, I don't think they get the, the same build up that, that, that we used to get, you know. So for me to get there at 20 year old, and um, aye, that, was, that was something I'd been, I'd been working for for 15 years, you know. So there was no fear, and people might think you're arrogant or whatever, but I was, I was nervous, and I was, mm. but I was. I was looking forward to it, you know, I wanted to get out there and 50 odd thousand people and the amount of people watching on the telly and all that and that was, that was what I wanted to do, so um, it was something that I, that I really looked forward to. You went in the game pretty confident, didn't you? Aye, aye we did. Um, as I said. Which you should do, aye. I'd, listen, but looking back, Rangers were a really good side, they were going for back-to-back trebles and stuff, they'd won the previous five trophies, so it was, it was probably a wee bit unfounded, um, but I was always confident in any game, you know, I was, every game of football I've ever played, I always felt I could win it, you know, I mean, I think if, if you're going to game think you lose, if you're going to lose, what's the point of, what's the point of turning up, you know, so, I mean, I, I always, always thought if, if I played well and the team played well, you, you'd always have a chance, you know, and as I say, we always, we had a good team there, so, um, a lot of good players, so, I, we were confident, definitely we were confident. Well, I was, I, I don't know about the rest of the boys, but I certainly thought, I we can win this. Won it? Yeah, <laughs> well. I think it was one of the first cup finals I actually remember, to be honest. Yeah. I, I grew up supporting Rangers, right. and I can remember the, the Champions League run. Yeah. Uh, the year before, and I used to sit with my old boy, watching yeah, yeah. it, and it's I'd go out and read, uh, yeah, yeah. my dad, chip boy, chip yeah. I'll get a place to waste the time I missed it. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was how you learned, wasn't it? You know, yeah. and as I say, um 
and it's quite, it's, it's quite scrap. Was, it was always massive, um, and it was just a, it was a great day, you know. It was, it's always a good day, isn't it? You know, and, um, as I said, growing up watching, watching Scottish Cup finals as, as far back as I can remember. So um, to get the chance to, to play in one was was an unbelievable. Especially against the team that you said there. Yeah, no, that was, listen, that was a great team. Mm -hmm. um, the guys like McCoy's and Hatley and uh, Big Duncan's on the bench, but Mikhaila Chenko's and guys like that, big Richard Goff. And so it was, a, it was a proper Rangers team, but we had a, we had a, we had a really good side then as well. Um, and over our game, we, we were a match for anybody. Yeah. You had a chance to, to move away? I one that you spoke about recently at Celtic, would yeah. that have been it for you, would that have... Listen, well, that was... You grew up a Celtic I, grew, I grew up a Celtic fan, aye. My dad was a massive Rangers fan. Uh -huh. um, how did that work out then? Well, the family, how did well, because my family are split. I've got half of them are big Rangers yeah, fans and half of them. It's a kind of typical Glasgow family, yeah. isn't it? You know what I mean? And I think my mum won the argument because I went to St Dominic's. <laughs> so... You know, you know what it's like in Glasgow. Whatever school you go, you kind of defines what team you support. So that was that was basically it for you. But as a kid, I went. <clears throat> I mean, I went and watched Rangers. Yeah, my dad took me to a few games, but one of my earliest memories, I think, was was at Hamden. I think it was '77 or something. Rangers beat Hibs in the cup final. Um, I must have only been about four, but I remember my dad flying me up in the air and me greeting. I think the crowd was too much for me, you know, <laughs> you're, you're four year old. So. Um, so I listen. I was a Celtic fan, but I, I trained with Rangers as a kid in that as well. Um, but obviously the, there was stuff in the background that in the days that, uh, that made it was going to make it difficult for me. Um, it's not the same today, but in the days it, it, that was that was one of the problems. Um, but I'd have, it, it, later on as well, the Rangers came in for me just before I went to Reading. Uh, I had six months left my contract, and they took. David Murray but was spoke to my agent and says if I waited six months they'd take me in a free but at that point I wanted I was desperate to get away from the mm -hmm. United, you know, and I couldn't wait another six months I wanted and that was just before, as I say, just before I signed for Redden. Yeah. But um I Celtic came in for me. Um and I knew about it in the days there wasn't so much agents but everybody knew each, each other in football, mm -hmm. you know, so um I'd been approached with a third party asked if I'd be interested, I said, of course I wouldn't. They put in a bid and um, the United knocked it back, wanted more money and um, in the days, the clubs had all the power, you know. Um, I had a, had a long-term contract. Um, so there wasn't really much I could do. Um, I went in and told them that I'd wanted to go and stuff like that and they'd said no, so that was kind of... But I thought, at that time I thought, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, I'll, I'll get a move, yeah. uh, but obviously other stuff after part was, was beginning to impact on me as well. Um, so, um, so I, that, that opportunity passed me by, and it's something I've probably regret more than as I got older. Uh, you know, it, when you're younger, you think, oh, I'll still get another opportunity. To, but, um, but as I say, it didn't. Nah, you, talk, you spoke there uh, about Reading when you went down, I read a good bit in there. Your book, when you were actually talking about what you mind was talking about, yeah, no. but when you, you failed the drug test and you yeah. were thinking about should I, should I go down, should I, should I yeah. paint or something? Yeah, yeah. No nice to say, but you have a wee chuckle reading it. Uh -huh. I've, I've no. heard about you a couple of times and I've heard you talking and stuff, and it's, it's your character and your thinking, it's something like a movie, the way yeah, you're yeah, describing yeah, yeah. what you were thinking. Yeah. What was the overall feeling once it actually happened? What were you, what were you going through? Listen, probably, probably relief, in a way. Um, because by that point I needed I needed something drastic to happen. I needed something um, to to get my life back on. You know, I needed that shock factor. I think to to, to kind of get me to, to realise um, what I was doing was I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I couldn't couldn't stop it, and I didn't know how to ask for help. That was that was basically you know. So that kind of brought it out in the open. Um, there was no hiding for it then, and, and then I had to face up to it and, um, and do something about it, you know, because I believe it, if I hadn't done something about it at that point, I, I wouldn't be sitting here today. You know, my, my dad died when I was, when he was 33, and I was 25, 26 at that time. If I'd have kept on it that, on that way, I would have, I don't think I'd be sitting here today. I, I, well, I'm, I'm pretty certain I wouldn't be sitting yeah. here today. 
Um, so, as I say, looking back now, it's saved my life and gave me a new life. And I wouldn't be the, the kind of person I'm all the day uh, because I learned loads of lessons and, and, and I got good people around about me who who showed me how to, how to be a man and stuff, you know. I mean, it sounds stupid, but my dad died at 16, so I didn't have that kind of role model, that somebody to mm-hmm. tell me right for that, you know. Um, a wee mad four years to bring up, I was the oldest, so. Um, when my dad died, I remember that time, there was no... I've seen growing up in the west of Scotland, we're brought up, not sure we're thought, you know, feelings or emotions and all that as well, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of... It's seen as a sign of weakness. It was seen as, I mean, I think now it's, it's turning, but we're still a million miles away from where we need to be, you know, in regards to taking a mental health and um, addiction and, and stuff like that. You know, I, I think it's still really misunderstood and people think, well, you just stop drinking. But there was, there was reasons why I was drinking and, and using drugs, you know, um, reasons I spoke about in the book and, and things like that. Um, so I had to deal with it, kind of issues, you know. Uh, and before that, I'd been using drinking drugs as a, as a way of a coping with things, you know, and that's not a very good idea. Uh, but that was that was all I had. I'm going to be honest, you know, because I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to, because like I say, I've been brought up. You you get brought up not to not to tell anybody anything and, and keep secrets and and things like that. And, um, it nearly destroyed me, but thankfully I get help at the right time. Yeah, that was, at that point, you went crying and stuff. And did you think? Do you think you said there was going to be a way back? Or was there anybody chatting on the door? No, it wasn't really, no. Well, there was... When I failed my drug test, the first club that got in touch with me was, was Berwick Rangers. Um, I was banned at that time. Um, and it was, and, and that's what I thought when I, when I was in the prime. I'm thinking, right, I'm probably going to need to go to a wee... No disrespect, but like that, that Berwick Rangers or something and, and, and try and build my way up. Um, I think enough people in Scotland knew me as um, the type of player I was, and um, I mean, I, I don't. I think it was well known in football that I'd probably the drink problem. But um, I think most clubs because they do, they ask about about you and stuff, you know. So uh, it probably wasn't a secret. But I think clubs realised that you know, if I wasn't drinking and doing the other stuff, then they'd have a player in their hands and it was it was certainly worth a gamble for them. Um, and I think that was the one thing that, that gave me that opportunity because, as I say, people in Scotland did know me and knew me as a decent enough player that mm. if I was if I was if I was fit and, um, and mentally fit, I think it was a big a big thing for me. Uh, people think it's all just about me physically but football's played in the heat a lot. Um, if you're feeling good about yourself, and, you know, you're more likely to play well. If you stuff happening away from the park or whatever, then there's a fair chance you might be, you might be no better yourself, you know, because yeah. you're no better to train properly because you've got all this stuff in your head. And so I'd, I'd cleared a lot of that stuff out, um, and that let me just concentrate solely on the football. Once you go concentrate in the game, can I give you a wee shout? Was yeah. Bobby Williamson. Was that a bit of a beef to you? Was that a thing? Of course it was, aye. Got a chance here to go and, yeah. go and do something again? Aye. Because um, like I said, I wasn't sure what, what level I was going to get back to. Um, I came out of Pride and by that point I'd been, doing, been running and stuff and I was always quite fit. I was always a fit guy. Um, quite like some sort of fitness back. And go to buzz back for football again. As I said say at the start, football was my first love, you know, and to get that, I go to that buzz back again. Um, Wanted to go and play football and just enjoy the game again. Um, as I say, for a couple of months it'd been really tough. Not just for me, but for all my family, you know. I'd, I mean, I'd been in every newspaper in Scotland and front pages, and you've got people like your grannies not reading it, you know. And they were the people I was feeling it for, you know. I, I keep, I'd done what I'd done, you know, but it was other people getting affected, but um, and that was a hard part for me. People didn't see that part, you know. People just seen well, it's just a daft football player who's, who's made a mistake, you know, but there was other, loads of other people get hurt, you know, my young boy was at school, you know, and get headlines like that in the newspaper, it wasn't nice for, for our aim. Um, so it was, <coughs> it was great when, when Kiwana, as I said, there was three or four teams in the United showed an interest, um, St Johnson, I went up there and spoke to them, um, Hibs had um, offered me training facilities, but I went and spoke to Bobby, I'd, I'd put a thing like, um, a 
think I'd been on it used to be Friday night programmes only about sport and it was only one of them just kinda made a place as mm -hmm. anybody out there you know says I'm, I'm I'm trying to stay off the drink and um trying my best and if I get back to the drink and you can sack me so people people knew that um but listen it wasn't really much a risk when I look back, you know. Mm -hmm. If you've if you've got me fit and healthy and uh, you're getting me for nothing you're getting it was a, it was worth that risk looking back, you know. Um but by that point I was determined. I had good people running about me as well. I'd, I was in A and, and, and things like that and people get around about me and, and, and I was really lucky, you know, they really helped me. Um told me what I was suffering for and how I could how I could how I could get better, basically. Um just day with eight guys were doing and talked to them and, and, and they were brilliant, you know, had about three or four guys. Other, listen, I'd learned that, but three, four really strong guys who I could go and talk to about anything, um, and they wouldn't judge me and, and things like that. And it wasn't just, it wasn't about football, you know. It was about life in general and how to be, how to be a man and how to be a dad and things like that, you know. Mm. Things that um, I hadn't, I much thought about because of my drinking, and my drug taking, you know. And, and that was, it was growing up time, and um, I never get for that. thing you know what works for you doesn't work for you know so everybody's got you've got to find that thing that, that works for you there's keeping your breast talking thing if you just talk and your mental health will be fine and everything will be great but it, it's not simple as that you know you've got to find what works for you I mean I do a lot of stuff and talk to a lot of people but I don't ever try and get anybody advice yeah. you know because people get answers within themselves you know but I mean I knew right for I but sometimes you just need somebody else to, to kind of tell their story and, and you can identify with wee bits of that and certain bits of, well, I'm a bit like that, and, you know. People have got the answers within themselves, you know. It's, um, and I, as I say, I try not to give people advice because what works for me might not work for somebody else and then they can fight and say, I've done that and it didn't, you know. So yeah. it's, it's about finding your own, your own way, but talking about it and getting out there and, See, sometimes, you, you know the answers most of the time, you know, but see, saying it out loud for me is, I mean, and that book was, was massive for that, because there was a lot of stuff that I was never going to talk about. Um, and getting that out into the open, it lifted a big weight off my shoulders, you know. Um, I always used to worry about what people thought of me, see, you know, it's not really that important, uh, you know. My wife and that, and, see, and, and my boys and my family, they, and I've got pals, you know, so, um, I've got enough people around about me that if I'm struggling, I can go and say, listen, I'm. and sometimes that can mean just taking a wee two, three days and just sitting and moping about the house, you know, and then, you know, and, and just switching off for a couple of days because life can be hectic at times, you know, and um, I had a wee spell a couple of months ago where with a couple of weeks where I, was, I wasn't sleeping much and I was just sitting up and and I had the telly on, but I wasn't really watching it, just, you know, just kind of, and then after a couple of weeks, my wife gives me a wee, a wee kick up the arse and, uh, right, you need to get talking to people again, you know, because I just switch off and, um, and sometimes that's what I do, just to, and then I know what I'm doing and then just get myself back that way, you know, and, um, and that works for me, because um, as I say, life can be, Life can be hard sometimes, oh. you know. You know, if it doesn't matter who you are, you know, life's you have your ups and downs, and um, and sometimes you just need a wee bit of time to yourself, and um, a wee bit of time more, man. I mean, because I'm used to, f I was used to shit, you know. So I deal, I can deal with that, you know. Um, so sometimes it's, it's that, that, that's the case for me. I just kind of switch off and um, just have a wee bit of time to me. Uh, yeah, just, I, I, I you know, just, just, you saying that, I do the same thing, I have a wee, mm, wee couple of days and just, aye, and, and people think, oh, you need to, but sometimes that's, 
that's what I do, you know, and, and, and I'm comfortable with it, you know, it's not as if I'm sitting there moping and feeling shocked, it's just, that's my way of switching off and uh, kind of connecting with myself, and I know during about that time I should probably speak to people, but I'm comfortable in that position, I'm mm -hmm. comfortable in that situation, and uh, as I say, because I'm, when I'm out and about, I'm always a fella beans and yeah. you know and, 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 and try to be happy and, and, and whatever and um I was always like that in dressing rooms you know and that can be wearing as well you know because everybody's expecting you to be the class clown and yeah. the joker and the, and sometimes you don't feel like that you know sometimes you you don't feel great and, but as I say you you find your ways of dealing with it and, yeah. and getting on it Definitely. and it, and it, for me it, it comes with experience as well you know uh, the older I get, the better I get at dealing with it, you know, the, the, mm. I see, I know the signs and I know how to kind of pull myself back out of it and that, you know, and that's, I well, that's just an experience and life experience and, and, and things like that, you know, because you, you, as I say, what works for me might not work for everybody else, you know, but that's, I get what, I mean, somebody might do something totally different, you know, sitting about might not be the best thing for mm. them and need to get themselves out and, I'm going to be honest, it's not the best thing for me either, but see for about two, three days a day in it, and about a week or two, yeah. then I know I've got to get my shell back out it, you know, and um, football's still a big, massive part for me for that. See, just going and playing fives with the boys, or sevens, or um, I still play over 35s, that's, that kind of gives me my, my kind of medicine as well, you know, just, just healthy body, healthy mind, I still try and keep myself reasonably fit, go and play, and, Going to play football is the way I do that, you know, um, and it helps me so much. Still loving it. I still love, still love the game. I, I mean, as I say, I play thirty fives, and um, a load of boys play up at Rutton Glen, um, three, two or three times a week, um, and it's just five, six aside. It's just the part on the banter and the game, just a wee hour running about, you know. It's, it's, I feel that's very good for my mental health as well. The, just the football and just that environment and. Just a laughter, you know, just laughing. You don't take yourselves too seriously, you know. It's well, the games they become a bit serious if <laughs> I'm be say, if yeah. I'm be perfectly honest, because the old the old head kicks in, and as I say, I've never, aye, I've never played a game of football that, that I've not wanted to yeah. win, you know. Uh, but I think you need that as well, yeah. don't you know? It's, aye, um, so that's what, that's as I say, that's what works for me. Oh, definitely, I mean, I, I never, uh, I think. Mind kicked in probably. I picked up a bad injury when I was at Hamilton. I twisted my pelvis and they said to me, it's got to be two years out to get your body back yeah, to normal. Yeah. And I kind of done it in maybe nine months, but nine months too early, if you get yeah. it. It was one of them that I've done it and then I came back, something's not been right, something yeah. else went, and then it's, and it got to me and I went down to Dumbarton, uh, with Jim Chapman. Loved it. I just yeah. loved playing football. Loved training twice a week. Yeah. I was stuck in a Hamilton during the day. And, I got to the point, I don't know what went in my head, but it was like, I'm not loving it anymore. Mm. I'm not loving it, so I'm going to start going to, I was at college as well, yeah. so I had punters for college, I got to pub on the Friday, yeah. and I'm like, I'm missing out here, but I'm going to go train tonight, and then, it was that thing, like that was kicking in with me, and just stopped all together, mm -hmm. and then was playing sevens and elevens, we sideways, basically, yeah, yeah. and then another one went, my knee went, and I was like, right, I'm not coming back for this now, mm -hmm. and then, I don't think I actually dealt with it properly, I think I just enjoyed going out, and, yeah. And yeah, and that's a bit of banter, and then that's when it when they all kind of we move away. I started working in nightclubs, uh -huh. so you're getting everybody in for nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then when you go away for that, it's like oh, we don't need to come here. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the way football is as well. It's yeah. it's very cutthroat, you know. It's mental health is a massive problem, and that you know because the other job in the world you get the highs and lows, yeah. you know. It's 10,000 people booing you or cheering you, you know, and I mean, how do you come down for that? You go and maybe go and play at Parkhead and Ibrox on a Saturday afternoon and then you might just come home and sit in the house and watch X Factor or something <laughs> like that, you know, it's, you go for there to, you know, and that, that for me is why a lot of, a lot of guys in the sport and, and, and me sports, because sport is, the definition it's like, isn't it? you know, you've got winners and losers, you know, and, um, and it does affect people's mental health, you know, because one week you're a hero and the next minute you're you're a villain, you know. Yeah. And, um, there's, there's no many there's no many occupations in the world that are like that, you know. And that's I think that's one of the 
the big reasons as well because there wasn't that coping mechanism, you know. It was just if you get beat, you came in and you went home and you tried to switch off. And I can remember coming home and no talking to anybody for for hours, just sitting looking at the telly, you know. And, um, and then you're right, you need to get back into it and, and whatever, you know. But you've no you've no dealt with that stuff, you know. It's just um, and, and that's for me that's one of the big reasons why mental health is, is so prevalent in sport, you know, because I say you've got injuries, you've got loss of form, you've got all this stuff, all these variables and, and, and how you and that, how that makes you feel, you know. Um can be nothing you've done and next minute your football career's over, you can have a bad you know, it's your face just doesn't fit. Certain managers just doesn't like you, you know, there's all this and it's not just today with you, it's that's what other people see in you as well, you know. Factors,
And then we had a man sent off, um, and then the following week I scored at Parkhead, mm. you know, so not many people did that, you know, one week after another. Um, and at that time I was, I was really loving my football, you know, I'd just get by, I'd buzz by, I was fat, I was flying. Um, but I was also doing a lot off the park, you know, I found it, I found it hard to say no at that time, you know, and it, it seemed to be every second day I was doing an interview and, and talking about the same thing, you know, and, and I got a bit tiring, I'm going to be honest, you know, there were times I still probably said, no, listen, I'm going to, you know, but as I say, I wanted to, I wanted to get my message out because people would help me, you know, and I always thought if, if for me talking about this can help one person, I know it's a kind of cliche, you know, but, uh, but, I know I did, you know, because at that time I was getting lovely letters from people. Um, they read my story, or they read this, and they'd read about me, um, and they felt just that way, or they felt that, or they'd done that, and, um, and it gave them a wee bit of, a wee bit of hope. But if, yeah. if I could do it, then, then they could do it, you know? So that was why I, I didn't want to say not to people, because I always thought, I've been through that for a reason, you know? Um, and maybe that was the reason uh, to to try and to try and you know, listen. First of all, it was about helping myself, but for me, helped me and and because I'd never had any anonymity as such. You know, you talk about Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'd never that was never afforded afforded to me. You know, because my mind had been mind had been lived out basically in the full glory of the media. You know, which at times was hard. You know, it was. Yeah, it was draining, um, but that was that was what I had to do, you know, that was, that was the cares I was dealt with. Um, and sometimes I didn't handle it well, but most of the time I, I kind of handled it, handled it as well. I handled it as best I could, you know, because there was a lot flung at me many times, but as I say, I'm still here and, um, and I still love, I'm a people person, you know, yeah. I like, I like being around about people and having a laugh and having a joke. And I've always been honest about my feelings, you know. Um, I've never tried to pretend I'm somebody I'm not. Um, I've had ups and downs and uh, highs and lows, but I'm still here, and still doing my best, and, and that's why you can do it. Ah, oh, definitely, definitely. He says um, when you were in the priory and you were through your rehab and stuff like that, and your mate says to you, "Tell us for Scotland." Uh huh. At that point, did you just give him a, a look and think, "What are you talking about?" Or? I no, well, no, he was he was deadly. I knew yeah. he was deadly serious, but I'd just see he had more faith in me than I did mm -hmm. uh, because at that point I didn't have a club um, and I didn't know what level I was going to get back at. I hoped I could, mm -hmm. but he was he was certain about it. You play for Scotland. Uh, I remember it. I can still see it in my head, you know. And I can remember saying, "I've not got a club." I know, but that's all right. You be you're all right. Uh, you keep doing what you're doing, and, and you'll play for Scotland. And, and he was right. Um, aye, because he he'd obviously seen something in me. And he knew he was a good football player, and, and also, but he'd been through recovery for a good while as well. So he knew if I'd done what he was doing, I'd get to feel better, and I'd be better at my job. Yeah. You know, it, it goes without saying. You know, if you're not drinking. And then what I was doing after part, of course you're going to be better, you're going to be fitter, you're going to be mentally, you're going to be better prepared, you're going to be eating properly, you're going to be, you know, so all these things were going to, were going to make me better. Um, as I say, I missed, a, I missed a good bit of my development, I, I believe, you know, probably between about 21 and 26, I didn't, I didn't evolve the way I should have, you know, uh, because of circumstances after part, you know, so. I missed a I missed a good bit of that out. Um, but as I say, I still had a decent career, you know. Ah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Was it like pulling in the Scotland journey? Unbelievable, mate. Um, I mean I'd played for Scotland all all age groups. I'd played in the World Cup under sixteen. Um was it Hamden, wasn't it? Was it Hamden, nineteen eighty nine. and I'd been in the squad and I'd played in the first game, got injured. Pelly and all that came then. Uh, Pelly was there and um, it was a wee, again a wee guy for Cashmore getting to play at Hamden in front of fifty odd thousand a World Cup final. And it was under sixteen, but we'd beat like Portugal in the semis. We'd beat Germany. We'd you know we'd we'd a good side. And, um, 
we get beat in the final, but I scored a penalty. Went to penalties and I scored my penalty, so I still might be retired then. I was, <laughs> um, was doing a whole lot of way with it, you know, if you go for under 16, scoring a, a penalty in a World Cup final. Um, and people, I still meet people today, to this day, that, that talk about that. Yeah. Uh, as I said, it was 50, nearly 60,000 at Hamden that day. We'd beat Portugal in the semis, you had Louis Costa, uh, Rui Figo, Louis, Rui Costa, all these guys, it was your kind of golden generation, and we beat them at Tynecastle. There was 30,000 inside Tynecastle that night, and I think there was about 10,000 locked out, so the full country got behind it. Um, and that was, that was another. Another good time in my life, you know. Um, as I say, to, to, to get to do that, um, to get to play a Hamden in a World Cup final, I know it was under 16s, but there's no, uh, no many more. No, no. There's no many Scottish people can say they've done that. No, absolutely. And we, we were just talking about it uh, earlier in work, just talking about it's 20 years and that, and we were last in the World Cup. Yeah. And it's been, well, something this generation's been through. For yeah. Matter, I've been in my own life. And I've, I've, I've always swayed towards the countries that if Scotland won there, the ones that were playing good football. Aye. football. Aye. Argentina, isn't that? Yeah. Football. Yeah. So I never, the wee guy, I hated defenders, man. No, 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 I was just... A, I wasn't, not, not a personal grudge, I just didn't like them. Nah. So when they were picking the teams and no one said when they were kids, it was you. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I was just saying. They're all field, they're all field and midfielders or centre forwards anyway, the defenders. I he probably had 10 other centre forwards back because everybody, listen, as a kid, you all wanted to be that, didn't you? You want to. Listen, later on, I was playing amateur football for a few years now, and I played at the back, I played centre-half and enjoyed it because everything was in front of you, and I wasn't as was nice quick then, um, I'd lose that wee bit of pace, but I didn't, listen, if you, know, if, you can play f if you can play the game, playing at the back and just being able to, because you see things before they happen, you know, um, you use that experience and um, that's a lot of a lot of players as they get older, they kind of they kind of move back into that, you know, because you use the experience, you can see see the full picture, you know. Yeah, definitely, and that's what happened. Right back to that team, and then they moved, and they made it to the team. Mm. So Mulboy and uh, his mates, that would take the team. Yeah. But Mulboy says he's a bit not fun. Yeah. So I'm one side of Badger number one. Mm. And I got there, and they played in midfield, and I thought, I guess yeah. I'll be alright. Next game, left back. But you don't have no, but, but as I say, you play everywhere because yeah. then you see the games and for different different things, you know. You see different parts of the game for playing at left back or playing left wing, you know. It's you learn the game there, don't you? You know, if you if you're, you're taking shots, you're playing in every position, you know. I mean, it's just, as a centre forward, I knew about runs that defenders didn't didn't like make, you know, and running around behind and stuff. So. You, that's things that you just build up over the years, you know, you, you learn more about the game and, oh, and how people think and <coughs> how the people should... Because I always try to get into their heads as well, I would always be, be saying things to um, <laughs> noise them up and, and, and things like that. Um, because that's that's what football is, you know, it's, you, you use you use anything you can to, to get that wee edge. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's the, I agree with you there, we're trying to get with players just now, but at the point now, they're 15, 16, but if you turn and say to them, they're a winger, they'll take you in the middle, 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 they'll take you you look back and you think, oh, what was I thinking, ah, you know? I don't know, I was, uh, uh, aye, but listen, that's what happens, isn't it? You know, you, you learn for your experiences, um, and as you're young, you've not got that many experiences to call on, but as you get older, you, you get there, and as I say, things happen, and you've seen them before, so you know how to react, you know, and, and things like that, so that's, I mean, I'm still not very good at it, but I'm getting a lot better than, <laughs> than I was, you know. Yeah, I have, listen, as I say, every day's a school day, isn't it? Definitely, man. You're talking about your amateur days, eh? I know I've jumped to the wee no, bit no. just to be earlier, but what was it like going back into 
something no good, you know, something no be a good memory or, or whatever, but music's always been really, really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't play or nothing, but I love a concert, you get your you know, guy, Jerry Cinnamon's turning it up now, Cash Mock Boy. Um, and I can identify, listen, she's talking about things that I can identify with, songs mm-hmm. he's grown up with and uh, places and, and yeah. things like that, you know, so I, as I say, I, I love my music and it was a, it's always been a big party. Um, always had a big record collection and sh- CDs and still go to them on the drawers. I'm, I'm kind of old school, you know, and I'm starting to get up to date. Like my missus was in with the phone last night and she, what song you went on and she was just, uh-huh. and it was brilliant, you know. It was, I'm kind of, I need to get up to date with the iTunes and all that stuff, you know, because um, as I say, I, you see, I've been listening a lot to be Jerry Cinnamon and, um, as I say, that's brilliant, you know, just a, a boy like myself who's, who's basically can wrap it up, you know, he's, um, and, he's done, and he's done it the right way, you know, he's done it his way, um, he promote him, he nothing, just, um, just off his end back, um, and I love to see that, um, and as I say, his, his songs are, are brilliant, um, relevant to, to stuff that, that I know, you know, um, so, yeah, as I say, I, Music's music's been a big part of my big part of my life. A big part of me getting better, you know. Because as I say, certain songs just take you to certain places, and um, some good, some bad. But um, it's, it's it's always a wee reminder, isn't it? Definitely. I'm I'm massing out my music myself, so yeah. it's always one I like to yeah. find. Slide down there. Aye, no, as I say, it's. I'm I'm into everything, you know. As as I say, I can listen to anything. I just say it's about. I'm a, I like collecting records. Yeah. My missus doesn't understand that you collect the records. Yeah. No, no. I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got CDs that I've, I don't even think I've opened. You know that? I've got a few of them. Just, <laughs> just I'll, 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 I'll listen to that later, and, and I've never got it. But I know I will. Nah. You know, but one day I'll just I'll do a lot of driving, and I'll just shove in a CD Stick and just and just listen to it. Um, I just see this. So many, so many songs that my missus says she's got about three million different favourite songs, you know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm the same. She's always saying to me, what's my favourite song? It depends what day it is, you know, it, uh, it, it depends what mood you're in or whatever, you know, so, um, as I say, it's been, it's, it's been a big part of, yeah, been a big part of my life. I've got to concerts and stuff like that as well. Um, so, uh, aye, it's, it's been a massive help to me. Brilliant. Andy, thanks very much. No problem, Greg. Thank you. Cheers, Paul. Thanks.
out of your feet.